See, how you make things unawkward is you just voice that there was awkwardness, right? And then, and then everybody's good. For many of you, you know that we have been started a series two weeks ago on the fruit of the Spirit. And the idea and the hope behind what we are doing in this is that um, the Necessary Sins series that we went through was a, was a series talking about the sin in our life that just becomes kind of commonplace, that we begin to accept and we say, ah, it's just part of who I am as a broken uh, human being in this world. And we just begin to, it's easy to make excuses for them, like anger and lust and those types of things, right? It's, it's very easy just to say, it's just part of who I am. I just got to keep, keep rolling with it. And while, while there's some truth to that, Jesus died to take those things out of your life. And it is possible to fight against those things. And it is possible, this side, as we approach heaven, right, to get better and better at dealing with those things. Right? And many people, many people don't, don't see it that way, but it is the truth. Jesus didn't die just to save you from your past sin. He died to save you from your current and future sin. He died to, to take away the sin in your life and put you back with God, right? So a lot of that was talking about taking away things, taking off the old, right? And the fruit of the Spirit is the idea of putting on the new. Um, so we talked about taking off the old, and now we want to talk about putting on the new. What does it look like to put on Christ, to clothe ourselves with the things that He has called us to live in and, and allow the things that He has given us by His power, by His Holy Spirit to flow and live through us in a broken, messed up world, right? And that is our hope and our desire as we journey through this series is that you begin to understand what it looks like to put on the things of Jesus Christ, right? And the fruit of the Spirit are the things of Jesus Christ. Um, in Galatians, or let's start by reading the verse that, that we've been reciting together as a congregation, Second uh, Peter 1 verses 3 and 4, it says, you ready? Here we go. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your word would, uh, would enrich our life, Lord. We pray that it would be the thing that changes us, that, that Lord, we, can't, we confess to you that we can't muster up enough strength and energy to change ourselves. God, we, we truly need you to change us, Lord. We pray that your word would be the, what we cling to, uh, to allow it to take root in our heart, Lord, and allow us to be the people that you have created us to be. Lord, we uh, just thank you in advance for your spirit moving today um, through your word. And we pray that you would uh, just help us to see you more clearly so that we can live uh, according to the way that you created us, not to the way of our sinful and broken nature. Lord, we love you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, so, fruit of the spirit. Right? That's where we are. Uh, Mowgli started the, the series by talking about love. And, and uh, many, 
many translations lump all of these uh, nine fruit of the Spirit into one, or into, um, it, it's fruit of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit, right? That it's, it's, all nine of these things are encompassed in the fruit of the Spirit, that they should all flow out of you. And he talked the first week about um, kind of a, a, a more accurate way to, to look at it whenever you really look at Scripture is that love, right? Whenever it says love, joy, pa- peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, uh, self-control, thank you. Um, whenever it lists all those things in order that way, right? That uh, some versions actually put love and then semicolon, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and, and so on down the line, right? And, and the idea behind that translation is that, that love, right? Love in and of itself is the presence of all of those things. So if we want to define love, it's all of those things working in our life. So if we want to describe what love is, it is all of those next eight characteristics in the fruit of the Spirit, right? And it's, it's an interesting uh, dynamic. I never heard it. He, had sh- he showed me some, um, some resources about it, and I started reading, and I was like, wow. And as you look at love, and as you define love, and look at the way that love is used throughout Scripture, you begin to see that that is a reality of, of, of the characteristics of love are all of these things. Without one of these things, you don't truly know what it means to truly love, right? And, and it, it's, uh, so we're kind of marching through under those parameters and under those, uh, those guidelines. Um, he talked about love and then he talked about joy last week. He talked about the difference between joy and happiness and he talked about uh, four different ways that joy um, kind of goes under attack and things that we can do to combat those things, right? Um, and, and then this week we are on to peace and patience. We're actually going to try to knock out two of them today, um, unless the Lord just stops me after one of them. We'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to take fly by the seat of my pants on that one. Um, that's okay. Y'all don't get nervous. I, I normally do that a lot. Y'all just don't know it. I don't ever tell you. So. Um, or maybe y'all do know it, and y'all just haven't told me that we can tell that you fly by the seat of your pants. Um, but peace, peace and patience. Uh, we're going to talk about those two things today. Let's start with peace. Uh, most people would agree that, that our world is in great need of peace, right? If you look at our homes, the, the devastation that is going on in the homes around our world, right? The family unit being broken down in so many ways, um, it's in need of peace. Our communities are in need of peace. Our workplace are in need of of peace. Our our world is in need of peace. And when we often think about peace, we automatically go to this place of uh, kind of a Miss Universe answer of of no war and everybody's happy-go-lucky and that's peace, right? And I don't mean anything bad about Miss Universe. Y'all don't throw stones at me. I just mean that that is not exactly what the peace of Christ talks about in Scripture, right? That, that, that it's, it's not just a place of no war, no violence, and everyone living in harmony, per se, right? Peace is, is, is not just the absence of conflict, per se. Peace is the presence of everything being placed in order to be completed, Right? The more familiar translation of peace in the scripture uh, is shalom, right? In Generous Justice, Tim Keller explains it this way. He explains that shalom isn't just peace, but it is complete reconciliation. 
Peace is not just the lack of conflict, but it is complete reconciliation. What does that mean in our life? What does that mean in our world? What does that mean in our families, in our community, in our homes? What does it mean to be completely reconciled? The, reconcil- the reconciliation that he's talking about is this, this idea of being brought back into harmony with God's creation. We have to, we have to understand that we were created with a purpose. That purpose has been broken and undone. Now we are set on this journey of destruction. Which is why whenever you turn on the news, that's what you see is destruction happening all over the world. It's not because of all of the laws that are being broken and all those things. It's because of sin. Right? You can boil it down straight up to sin. Brokenness. And we all fall in that same category. None of us are better than others in that. Understand that. We all have the tendency to sin. That is our fallen nature. Right? We have to get back to the point where we... Put, where we allow God to put things back the way He created them to be. And the way that He does that is that He brings peace. Right? One of the ways that He does that is He brings peace. And there's kind of three different things that I want to talk about this morning with our time together. And it's, it's peace with God, it's peace within ourselves, and it's peace with others. And there's a, there's a way and there's a process in which God... Uh, ordained to bring everything back into complete reconciliation. Right? There is a way in which He has set up for us to partake in His divine love and nature. And we need to understand that this is the only option as followers of Christ. And whether you want to say it or not, as, if you're not a follower of Christ, there is not another option. It, it just is what it is. And I've, I've tried many things in my life. And I can speak from experience. I can speak from Scripture. I can speak from the lives that I see on a daily basis that I have conversations with and so on and so forth. But the only answer is God through Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on the cross and the resurrection. That's the only hope. I've tried many, many things in my life personally, to find peace, to find happiness, to find comfort, to find a reason to live, to find purpose. And I'm standing before you today only only by the grace of God. Only by the grace of God. If it weren't for Jesus Christ, I would have no purpose. So let's talk about how I came to that conclusion in my own life and what the Scriptures say about it, right? The fact of the matter is is that we can't have peace within ourselves and we can't have peace with others unless we have peace with God. 100% true. If we don't have peace with God, we can't live, we can't have the peace of God. If we don't have the peace with God, we can't have the peace of God. Peace starts with God. And when we have conflict with God, conflict is sporadic and chaotic all throughout the rest of our life. It's just the way it works. Right? Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. 
that He sent His Son Jesus to give us peace with Him. Right? Peace is needed because conflict and chaos reign in the world. It's why Jesus came. He came to bring shalom. He came to, to, to completely reconcile His people to Himself. He came to this world to bring and usher in the kingdom of heaven to the world that He created. And you and I, as followers of Christ, get to partake in that truth. Our issue with God is really simple. We're alienated from God because of our sin. We're in bondage because of our sin. And we're in conflict with God and other people because of our sin. And that's why so many people like, lack peace. Because they don't have the peace with God. There's some of you in this room, including myself from time to time, I'll be honest with you in that, 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 are, that battle with God instead of seeking peace. That we're at constant war with the Father who loves us and wants to bring us peace. And we constantly button our head against His saying, no, I'm in control. No, I'm in control. No, I'm in control. And He's saying, if you will just understand that you are not in control. If you could just grasp that one thing, you can find the peace that you are looking for. Right? Isaiah 57, 21 says this. <clears throat> I don't know if I got that one up there. Sorry, maybe not. There is no peace, says God, for the wicked. You know who's the wicked? Me and you. We're the wicked. But by the grace of God, we have been saved. Right? This is why we have to have Jesus. And if you haven't noticed yet... Um, throughout this series, you're going to see that all of the fruit of the Spirit is impossible without Jesus Christ. It can't happen. Without the Holy Spirit coming alive in you, and you putting off the old and putting on the new by the power of the Holy Spirit, life will not get any better. Right? Because peace is there in the midst of chaos with Jesus. Right? If you have Jesus and you are living with Jesus, it don't matter what's going on around you. You can be the man that's walking through the fire perfectly calm. You can be the woman that's walking through the fire perfectly calm. I promise. It is possible. Does it happen every time? Does it happen every time the fire comes? Do we walk with, with perfect confidence? No. Why? Because we start trying to trust on ourselves. We see our circumstances and we say we can't, we can't make it through this. Right? We can't do it. But the Scripture says, right, which is where we, find our, where we find our footing. This is where we find our foundation. This is where we plant our feet. The Scripture says that peace is possible in the midst of turmoil. Right? And some of you may, say, may be looking at me right now going, Jeremy, I'm not sure that you understand life and the things that I've gone through. And, and I, don't I don't know that you, you fully understand that the curveballs that life throws at us sometimes. And I'll be the first one to tell you that I don't know every curveball that the Lord has thrown at or that the enemy has thrown at you. And sometimes the Lord, right? He does that to us, to test us, to make us better, to, for, for James 1, 2 through 4 to come through, right? Perseverance, the things that are, that, are, that are of God have to be pressed and put into fire and refined in us, right? That happens. 
And I, and, I, and I can't sit here and say that I, I know everything that y'all have gone through. But what I can tell you is that every moment in my life, right, when I have been in that moment where I've said, God, I am in complete chaos in my life right now. There are too many things going on and I, my circumstances are too much. I have to give it to you. I have to lay down. I have to quit. I have to give up myself trying. He has become my confidence. He has become my strength. And He's lifted me up and He's set me back on my feet. And He's given me peace in the midst of whatever it has been in my life. Now I want to remind you that many of those times I did not have perfect peace when that fire and that trial came. It was in the midst of that fire and in the midst of that trial that I learned to have perfect peace. Right? And that's the way life works. That's how we learn to follow Jesus. That's how we learn to give up with ourself and put all of our hope and all of our confidence in Him and find the peace that only comes from Him. It's impossible without the Spirit of God living inside of us. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, let me read that one more time. Since we have been justified by faith, what does that mean? What's that $5 word justified means? It, it means that your sin has been paid for. It's done. It's wiped out. You have been justified by what? By faith. What is faith? Believing in something that you can't see. Whew. Tough for many of us. All of us, I would say. Put your faith in something that you can't physically see. We have been justified by faith. By faith in what? Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of we put our faith in, 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 